It's nearly the return of the Premier League, and as always, we are back for episode two, season two of the Armchair Man- Managers podcast. As always, I'm here with my co-host Dan Newton. Hello. And I'm Ross Evans. Got a bit, a lot of stuff to get through, so without further ado, let's get to it. So I guess we've got to start with big news. Messi is now staying at Barcelona. Yeah, Messi wasted the time of everyone on the internet for a couple of weeks. Yeah, the sp- dashing the dreams of fantasy Premier League managers across the world. And Pep Guardiola. And Pep Guardiola. Um, did you keep up the story online? The- yeah, I had a good look at it. I think, what was his reasoning? He said he didn't want to get into a, a legal battle with Barcelona because yes. he has so much respect and love for the club. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a bit ironic considering he wanted to leave because... They've become a bit shit. Yes. <laughs> so. I, I love this club when we play well. Yeah. Um, obviously, La Liga had basically blocked the free transfer. Yeah. Um, I believe he could potentially still go for free in January, couldn't he? In the Bosman. Yeah, well, I expect that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Because, um, obviously, has a rather large release clause. You'd expect that for the best player in the world. Yeah. Um, do you think we might see him move on? January or do you yeah, think he'll stick I, out the I season? Think the plan will be he'll, he'll play till January. Then he'll sign a uh, agreement with some other club to leave at the end of the season. Probably Man City or Juventus, yeah. like we talked about last week. Yeah, but I think if he does end up staying for the long term, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, it's he's been at Barca whole career. Um, yeah, he's played with them when they were the best club team in the world under Guardiola. Um, obviously, coming towards the end of his career you'd say a player of his caliber you know if Ryan Giggs played to 40 you could see Messi doing the same sort of thing um, his numbers are still incredible his what he they call a Messi poor season is it's better it's, than any other it, player yeah, in the world really it, yeah. outside of Ronaldo yeah it's it's it is odd seeing that but it seems to be Every season, there seems to be rumours that Messi's leaving Barcelona and he's not happy there. And in past seasons, we've seen it been resolved by a contract with more money. Well, we won't comment on yeah. wage structures, but did you feel like there was perhaps maybe a bit of this going on? Or um, it... I, I don't think so. I mean, I think as a player for, of Messi's level, and obviously wealth as well, because he's made so much money over his career, I think he probably has got to the point where he's gone well I've given so much to this club I want to just try myself somewhere else yeah it's and it is, there's nowhere no you wouldn't think he couldn't do it no I think he could probably play in any league in the world really yeah I don't think anyone's doubting his ability to transition yeah I just think you know it's when he does it now yeah I think this season for Barca is going to be interesting because if Messi's there purely to honour his contract rather than he wants to play there I think that'll show on the pitch um, yeah, well, um, it'll come down to selection as well because if it's a year of transition, they'll probably want to give the younger players more time. Like Anti Fati, obviously made his uh, Spain debut this youngest uh, ever goal scorer for Spain. He is, yeah, in a four nil win. So they want him to be sort of in the team playing week in week out. I would have thought. Yeah. So whether that affects Messi or not, or whether they want Messi in there to kind of tutor someone like him, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and obviously Coman's going to have a new style. Yeah, that maybe Messi will get on with, maybe he won't. I, you know, Coman, is a decent manager. Does a good job at Southampton. Was okay at Everton. Yeah, he's he's done well internationally with yeah. the, the Dutch team. But um, yeah, I mean, you don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see 
how Messi's kind of attitude affects the team. Um, I think he'll still give 100% personally. I don't think he's the kind of player yeah. to... You would expect of a in. professional that he would be out there yeah. trying to win against you because he can win games by himself. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you play to the standard Messi has throughout his career and have an attitude problem like that. No. And no. he's still going to give, you know, 100%. So, I mean, obviously, Barca have made a few transfers. Um, sold, obviously, we know they sold Arta to Juventus. It was an interesting... Yeah, and uh, Pjanic moved the other way. Yeah, interesting transfer. We never really touched on it. Obviously, it happened during lockdown. We weren't recording. For a, a young, talented midfielder to bring in 29-year-old Pjanic... Is that? Do you think that will suit Coman? A transfer that was made before he arrived. Um, possibly. I think it was a weird transfer altogether because I don't think Arta was particularly happy to leave. I think he wanted to stay, but um, mm. I think that kind of looks at the whole Barcelona transfer policy of the last yeah. couple of years. They seem to have been buying players in their sort of late twenties, even in their early thirties. Yeah. You know, people like Vidal that have come in as well, and Ardachuran, for example. Yeah, so. it, it's not really worked out for them. Yeah. So I think maybe now with everything that's gone on for Messi as well, it's time for them to sort of readdress their policy and yeah. philosophy to signing players. Yeah, and you think how the in terms of their league performance with, for the upcoming season, how how do you think Barcelona will do? Obviously, um, last season was their first trophyless season for quite a while. Yeah, I I mean look, they're, they're still Barcelona. Yeah. They're still one of the top three teams in Spain. So mm. I I don't think they'll win the league this year. But I could definitely see them second, third. I think it's yeah. a very brave call to say they're not going to do that. Yeah, it would, you know, in La Liga, you seem to get a team that starts hot and it's like, oh, it's a shock. They're in the top four, they're above Barca, and then they slowly fade off. It's, yeah. You know, Villarreal and Valencia always seem to be up there. They've been having their own troubles. Um, yeah. Uh, Villarreal, I believe, trans- had to transfer list the whole squad to deal with the financial impact of uh, the pandemic. So. Um, La Liga could be. It'll be an interesting watch this year. Interesting watch, maybe more so than other years. Yeah, um, I mean the league is typically, as you say, dominated by Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. Yeah. And occasionally you get one shocker in yeah. there. But, but even then, I think it's hard to look past Atletico, Real, and yeah, Barca. And I think it'll be one of Atletico or Real that um, win the title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, interesting season um just like the premier league in fact which kicks off this weekend yep it's back after actually not a very long time considering no. they uh, restart the season yeah because restart the season um obviously because of the restart we have seen two postponed games this week yep. uh, burnley were penciled in to play at home to man united big opening day fixture and they'll be delayed i assume to midweek yeah i, I think they'd have to with the the scheduling but um, yeah, I think it's to do with them, and I think Man City's game is also postponed because of their uh, late runs into the European competition. Yes, I believe they were scheduled to be at home to Aston Villa, of course, who narrowly missed out. Yeah, very narrowly missed out on um, being relegated. Yeah, just a hawk's eye away from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very good. Um, but I mean, like we say, we've said this last week, saying it's shaping up to be an interesting. Um, season Premier League clubs did vote against the use of five substitutes this season. Which, yeah, I think I think that's the right move. I don't think you need five really. I think yeah. three is a good number. 
and I think five only really helps you know your Man Cities and your Chelsea's yeah it, it, these huge um, depths of squads particularly now with Chelsea making confirming sign of Kai Havertz as well yeah. we missed out on Bell, Ben Chilwell last week yeah I forgot about that um, so a team like Chelsea um, that five substitutes with that squad level of squad depth that would favour them against someone like West Ham who yeah don't d- have that kind of quality don't have a, a thick squad a thick pool of players yeah. quality players to choose some promising young players um, but we'll get onto that in a moment yeah well the, well the thing is with five substitutions you could essentially change your whole front four if you depending on what formation you're yeah. playing it's you know ridiculous really so I think three is you know the good number yeah it's um, it seems more sensible doesn't it because as yeah. you said you know a team like Man City could field arguably field two starting 11s in the same league and still have two respectable positions so that good yeah. in terms of yeah, oh exactly. we've not got Bernardo Silva oh look Riyad Mahrez filling in yes yeah. or vice versa or Phil Foden can play out there um, well, well we'll get on to Foden later yes <laughs> um, so with it being so close and such obviously a big marker in the English sporting calendar so maybe speak talk predictions yeah who you feeling will be in your top six come the end of the season? Top, do you want to go from the top to the bottom? Or? Yeah, let's go. For, let's go first to sixth. First, start with sixth. So, um, I reckon in sixth place is going to be uh, Wolves. I think very good team. I think they're arguably the best of the rest. So that's where I've put them there. Yeah. The only question mark I would have is if their involvement in. I think they're in the Europa League this season again. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think that will be the only kind of question mark is if they can keep up their form with the extra fixtures, but they did that last season. Yeah, so. interesting new son, young Portuguese strikers, Fabio Silva. Fabio, Fabio Silva, I know him well from Football Manager. Yeah. He is, well, in that game he develops to be one of the best players in the world, so it's I've watched him closely. Nuno's got some brilliant links in, to the Portuguese league. You know, you look at the squad, yeah. it's, it's the Wolves team is almost an all-star squad of Portuguese legends. Yeah. Well, I think I, I read somewhere that they've got more Portuguese players than half the Liga Nost teams. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's something like that. It's, it's really um, quite ridiculous, but it's working out for them. Yeah, and they all seem to suit the same. So obviously got, like we've alluded to in previous episodes, they got a bit lucky with what went on with sporting when players had their contracts terminated due to uh, yeah. unrest from the fans. I think Wolves is a good shout. I think you could see them fifth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who who are you putting in at sixth? At sixth, as a Liverpool fan, it pains me, but I could see Everton. Yeah. I think Everton would be, though they've got some interesting signings in the window, and I think Ancelotti is a terrific manager. He's a top, top manager. Top manager. I think Everton have done some really shrewd business, and I think that's in part the effect of working with a coach who's won titles almost everywhere he's gone yeah. has been one of the top managers certainly throughout most of his career so to go and work with him at and have you know he seems to have almost free reign with who he wants yeah and Everton have kind of that financial backing now that they yeah. can go out and pay these big transfers yeah um, James Rodriguez on Rodriguez Rodriguez is that his brother James <laughs> <laughs> Rodriguez James Rodriguez Alan He's yeah. come in. Did they confirm the signing of Ducore from Watford? Um, I don't know if he's confirmed yet, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah, what people are saying. 
Um, obviously, some players who were performing really well under him when he first joined, like Calvert-Lewin, Luca Dinier played quite yeah. well. Um, still some question marks around Pickford. Yeah, a little bit. He's really kind of dropped form this last sort of season. But, uh, mm. you know, I think, you know, they'll be right up there. If yeah. I haven't put them in sixth, I think maybe they'll finish seventh or eighth. But yeah. I think that might just come down to luck with the fixtures and how players sort of get on good runs of form or not. Yeah. So who are you putting in for fifth? In fifth, I've gone with uh, Spurs. Gone for Spurs? Yeah. Um, Stars of the All or Nothing documentary? Yeah, we were just talking about that uh, before we were recording. And uh, to be honest, they've really gone up in my ex- um, estimations from watching that documentary and seeing how Mourinho is with the players. I mean, I've always been a yeah. fan of Mourinho, but again, that behind-the-scenes look, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. But I, I do think that they haven't quite got enough to... Um, make it into the top four this year yeah it's they've been a little quiet yeah the they, they've probably done the business when they have think they needed to when they have signed Hoiberg good signing he, he was a one of the more standout players in the Southampton side that was challenging but he wasn't it wasn't so good that he was the obvious signing from that team obviously thinking that Southampton side you thought Danny Ings might have been in the window yeah um, but I think I have to agree with you on Spurs I just can't see them I think they're still well they've had time to adapt to Mourinho's system I, um, and he's, I still think he's a top manager top man manager as well like, yeah yeah, definitely again if you look at some of the conversations he's had through this documentary uh, if you haven't seen the documentary yet just release episodes 4, 5 and 6 yeah Sit down and watch it. It's incredible insight into what's happened with Tottenham over the last se- uh, last season, um, and in sort of managing a pre- Premier League football club, the new stadium, which by the way, the new stadium is incredible. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, um, really interesting to see. Um, so if you haven't watched it, do try and make some time. Sit down and watch it. Really, really do recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fifth place for Spurs, Europa League. It's probably about where they need to be. Yeah, I think, like I said, we just haven't got the quality right now to get into the top four. I think it's much to do with how other teams have improved as mm. well, with United, you know, your Chelsea's. I think the yeah. business they've done has really elevated them. And, yeah. um, you know, I think Spurs will be close, but um, not quite make it, which will then be interesting when we come to the end of the next season with... You know, Harry Kane, he doesn't want to be playing in the Europa League. Will he then, you know, look to move on? Yeah. I mean, it would be a shame. He, again, it's one of those, almost a, not going to say a messy type situation, but he's been at Tottenham from, despite a few loan moves. He's, yeah, I think he's been there permanently for nearly his whole career. I know he's yeah. gone on loan to Leicester and various teams throughout it, but um, mm. no, it would be a shame for them to lose him. And I, yeah. I mean, we don't know that, you know, it's 12 months away. Yeah. Um, Fourth place, I've gone for United. Yeah, I, I'd i agree with that, actually. I think our, our top fours might be similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're a good team. They've done well. Bruno Fernandes has yeah. come in and retuned to the next level. Yeah. Ta- I mean, again, you look at the squad, you look at the names. It's, it's still a talented squad. Yeah. Um. But they just, the consistency isn't there yet. Yeah, I know, I agree with that. I think, as well, you know, you know Solskjaer is the manager... He's mm. done very well there, but maybe now their expectations are getting higher again. Yeah. And the squad's getting better. Maybe, you know, 
United fans might not be happy to watch them sort of play counter attack against certain teams, but yeah, you know, I, I think they will do well and they will finish top four. Yeah, the whole situation will ride for United. I think it's going to ride on their defensive record this season. Like, I don't think they'll have any problems scoring goals. Yeah, I agree. Is can they keep them out? Um, obviously, Maguire. There may be issues with him, with what's going on in Greece with him. And depending on which keeper they choose, if De Gea's number one, is he going to be back to his best? If he's back to his best, then happy days, United. Because even we could seem to see United finish higher than fourth. Yeah. But do they stick with him when his form's not so good, and then rely on on Dean Henderson? And yeah. Dean, who's looks like a, a solid. Yeah. But even then, Premier if he, keeper. he's good as he is, you know, he's got to get used to working with a whole new back four and. Yeah, you know, United played with a back three. Um, sorry, Sheffield United played with a back three last season. Yeah, so he's got to get used to like a new system and maybe playing out of the back more than he's used to. Yeah, but um, you know, I think it will be interesting to see which one of them does become the sort of number one uh, goalkeeper for United. Yeah, certainly going to be an interesting battle for that jersey. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sergio Romero obviously still on, but I think he's going to be. A, yeah, I think they're looking to move him on. Move him on. He's at least a number three, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's a decent goalkeeper, but yeah. um, I think Henderson and obviously De Gea are above him. Yeah. Um, who've gone for third place? Um, I've gone with Chelsea. Um, I actually think the top Ditto. three are going to be very tight this year. Yeah. Tighter than they have been for a long time. Chelsea have looked like a solid side under Lampard. They just need to find that sort of strength to hold off his, you know they race into a lead and then they seem to take the foot off the gas lose concentration and concede a quick couple yeah and it's that you that can't fly in the Premier League yeah and no, if you're challenging for titles you've got to be able to grind out those 1-0s yeah. when you're not playing well or you know the 2-1s yeah even the um, even against a relegation threatened team in mid-season again if you are not 100% they will they will harm you. Yeah, yeah. It's a da- it's a dangerous league to play in. Yeah, you've got to be consistently, uh, you know, playing to your best across the whole season. You can't afford to have an off day. Yeah. Especially with the quality of Man City and Liverpool, which we'll get onto in a minute. You know, I think it will be a uh, a struggle to get above them, but I think it, they will run it close. And yeah. I think you know if you know Timo Werner or Ziyech or Kai Havertz really start well, maybe they could get close to the title, but uh, I think third place is going to be a good finish for them. Yeah, yeah. And I I assume that first and second place is, we've both got the same two teams. Yeah. Which order do you have them in? Well, um, I've gone for Liverpool second. I don't think they're going to retain it. I think there's a lot of question marks about how they played towards the end of last season and maybe in pre-season. I don't think they're going to reach the levels they did last season. I think they needed to do more business in January. Oh, yeah. Sorry, not January. Um, in the <laughs> summer transfer window, um, and which they haven't done. I mean, yeah. I mean maybe it's not it's not closed yet. Yeah. Maybe they will, but um, I would be surprised. And I think Man City have done good business, and yeah. they're not going to drop as many points as they did last season. As as a Liverpool fan, as much as I hate to say it, I have to agree with you. Yeah. Um, as we were speaking over those. Um, a Twitter thread on how Liverpool's finances are and how why I've not spent so much on players, and I think that's going to come back to bite them. Yeah. To we've only bought maybe a couple of youth players and a cover left back. The squad I still f- 
feel it's thin on top performers. The Thiago deal seems to have disintegrated. Yeah. Um, with reports that Bayern did drop their asking price, but it, it's still not happened. It's still not happened. There seems to be you know rumours of Wijnaldum moving to Barca. Yeah. Obviously, that move would probably then finance the Thiago move. Yeah. Well, I've had rumours of Thiago going back to Barcelona as well. Yeah. Then trying to hijack the deal. So I, I think you're right. It's the sort of they don't really have the finances right now to be able to invest yeah. as much as City and Chelsea have done. And I think that City, I don't think they're going to take Liverpool running away with the title even before lockdown. Um, I don't think they're going to take that lightly. I think yeah. we saw after lockdown they hammered Liverpool. Liverpool weren't at it, yeah. but they hammered Liverpool. I think they'll be back with a vengeance for the Champions League as well. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. Being allowed to play in the Champions League this season as well has probably helped them attract some more signings. Yeah, attract, definitely. Attract those names. I think um, with someone like Nathan Ake coming in to help with their defence, I yeah. don't think they're going to be as fragile at the back. We, we said they need, and they're linked with uh, Koulibaly from yeah. Napoli. Um, we said, everyone's been saying, that they need a centre-half to replace company, and now they've done that, and they're getting a couple. One of them is arguably one of the best defenders in the world who was considered as many as one of the top defenders in Italy at least yeah so it's I, I hate to say it but I think City will run away with the league yeah I agree I, th- I think it's still going to be tight and it yeah. might go either way if, if you know if players get injured like, you yeah. know if Aguero gets injured again or you know if Saleh and Mane, Mane get injured yeah you know maybe it could swing either way but I, I agree with you I think Man City yeah. will come out on top um, interestingly to some of our listeners, um, we've both left Arsenal out of the top six. Yeah, I, I had a really interesting thing, uh, like thoughts about Arsenal because I was really impressed with them in the Community Shield, and I really like Arteta, and I yeah. think they have done good business in the summer, but I just think they haven't quite done enough, and I think they'll maybe take a full season under Arteta to really get going, and I think mm. maybe next year they'll be there for the top four. There was still, while they looked quite impressive going forward, they still did look a little vulnerable at the back. Yeah, I, I, I think say. Liverpool will be disappointed not to have won the Community Shield mm. with how they played. And I think, yeah. you know, against your Man City's and sort of new look Chelsea side, they yeah. might lose out on those big games. And I think, you know, there's still question marks about yeah. Arsenal's sort of fragility against the lesser teams. Like they lost to Brighton twice last year. Yeah. And you, I mean, you can't really do that and expect to get in the top four. Yeah. Um, speaking of Brighton, potential relegation candidates. Potentially, um, I personally think they'll be all right. I think they'll finish above the relegation yeah. zone, but definitely let those go on to that. So, who have you got in your bottom three? My bottom three, um, I've gone with Fulham. Um, obviously, came up through the playoffs and the championship, yeah. um, and they've done some all right business. But I think you know they went down last time they came up when they did yeah. some very good business. So I'd be surprised to see them stay up. Yeah. Um, above them I think I've gone with Aston Villa okay. who as we said stayed up by a very small margin last season despite spending a lot of money yeah, on players yeah a lot of money and they've not really matched that investment again and if they lose Grealish which yeah. they still might I think they'll have a very very long and not very enjoyable season yeah and for my last position maybe controversial but we'll get on to a lot of the issues with them later on yeah West Ham yeah yeah, I, I, I think West Ham are a bit of a mess off the pitch and they're not much better on it right now. Yeah. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see them down there this year. Yeah, I mean, I've gone for a bottom three of Newcastle in 18th, 
again, just a team that just hasn't done a lot of business, didn't play particularly good football yeah. last season. I don't see them getting any better. Just can't put it any more bluntly yeah, than that, um, really. Uh, I think they're, they're consistent there, the Newcastle. Consistently shit. Yeah, but they, they managed to pick up points. And I, I think, personally, I think they'll be close to going down, but I think they'll just be boring enough to not yeah. lose enough games. Um, I've then also gone for West Ham, getting relegated. Yeah. Again, we'll get onto them in a second because it's definitely worth talking about. And bottom, I've gone for West Brom. Oh, okay. I, West Brom uh one of those yo-yo clubs. They're not quite good enough at Premier League level anymore, but they're arguably just too good for the championship. Yeah, need, I agree with that. It's They're not quite there. Um I mean, they were in the Prem for a while, but that was under you know Tony Pulis, who yeah. that's kind of his speciality. Yeah, I think if they're trying to play more sort of attractive football, they maybe won't have that consistency to grind out results. Yeah, I mean, but obviously, as both said, talking point has to be West Ham. Yeah, um, obviously, part of that is linked to West Brom as well. Yeah, we've also got a comment on um, the Mark Noble's comments on Twitter yeah. after the sale of uh, West Ham's young star. Um, Grady Dean Garner being yeah. sold to West Brom for yeah, I believe yeah, 18 million yeah um, which is, isn't really a lot in this current market yeah um, especially for a young talented player yeah and uh, Mark Noble tweeted his own club saying that he was angry disgusted upset at the transfer um, the club's in turmoil it is yeah it's very rare nowadays especially that you'll see any player let alone a club sort of icon yeah, club captain attacking his own club like that. Um, but I, I think West Ham fans are happy for him to do that because I think they agree with him. Yeah. I think they're not happy with how um, you know Gold and Sullivan are running the club. Yeah, I don't think they're happy with transfers or even the manager. So you know it's a very unfortunate situation for mm. everyone involved. But um, I think it's going to cost them on the pitch. Do you think there's to play devil's advocate? Do you think there needs to be more transparency on the club's finances? Because as we you know alluded to the Twitter thread with Liverpool, Liverpool fans have been frustrated with the sort of lack of transfer activity. But when you see that the money isn't quite there, do you think if West Ham was to make to release that to say, um, look, we want to sign players, but we can't? Do you think that might relieve some of the pressure, or do you think um, the possibly. fans would still be? I think you know West Ham fans believe that their club should be. I think a top half Premier League team, and I, I'd probably agree with that. I think yeah. with the fan base they have, and you know they've got this great stadium, for, a lot of history know, as well, a lot of history, a lot of pedigree. You know, I mean Bobby Moore was you know a legend. Yeah, there. you know you don't have someone like that play for you and not yeah. be a great historical club. Yeah, so I think they're quite right to expect more from them. But um, in terms of financial transparency, I think it would depend what that showed. You know, if they may yeah. release all their books and it turns out they do have money and they're not spending it. You know, yeah. So I I think whatever happens, West Ham fans will expect them to do better. Yeah, I think West Ham... Because West Ham sometimes look like they can be a decent side. They'll yeah. beat someone 4-0 one week, and then next week they can't string three passes together. Yeah. Which is easy to say, sitting here and commentating. Oh, I mean, everyone that's ever played for yeah. West Ham is 100 times better than I am. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're supposed to be their professional footballers. Yes. But, um, I think uh, you're quite right, they're too inconsistent. Yeah, if they can consistently perform almost like you say with Newcastle's, what's your thoughts and opinions on them? But yeah. if West if West Ham can achieve that sort of consistency, um, 
then maybe then maybe they'll stay up. I mean, worst case scenario, they sack Moyes and bring in Sam Allardyce because. Yeah, well, I think that's why West Ham fans are unhappy because you can kind of see how it's all going. You know, yeah. they get rid of this manager, they bring back this one. Yeah, I mean, they've already had Allardyce in, and they weren't too yeah. happy with him. Exactly, but, you know, it's all it all goes in sort of cycles for them. And yeah, I think they just want something fresh and new and something positive because yeah, whether you think David Moyes is a good manager or not, he's he's not exciting, is he? No, it's certainly everyone praised him for his work at Everton while he was there before he moved to United. People got to remember that he had a lot of time at Everton. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of money, had a lot of time to build the team he wanted. It was a different era of Premier League football as yeah. well. He didn't have as much money floating around yeah, in so many clubs. Yeah, it's as football's progressed over the last decade, decade and a half, money and TV rights, league positions, those bonuses have become so important to the running of a football club. Yeah. So, unfortunately, like I say, if you can't provide that from a financial perspective... They, the club will cut you loose yeah um, no I, I, I do agree and um, I think it's going to be a tricky year for them and yes I, you know I think even if they do stay up it's not going to be an enjoyable watch for West Ham fans no, not at all so before Premier League kicks off we've got had the Nations League still going on obviously England play tomorrow against Denmark yeah we've already had the uh, Iceland game yeah I, what are your thoughts on the Iceland game um uh, not many to be honest not a lot happened it was no. very dull um, very uninspiring uh, it raised a lot of questions about this England team about whether they're moving in the right direction or not but um, you know it wasn't a good game and England were really fortunate in the end to come yeah. away with it I mean Iceland without two of their best players yeah. um, Goodmanson and Sigurdsson and we have to say that Iceland did I don't want to say do it again but it was another case of a, no disrespect to Iceland or any Iceland fans um, a smaller international team that just put 11 men behind the ball against a vastly superior team yeah. was, well I mean every team has to, has to play to their strengths and you know yeah. if that's how you're going to grind out results then I say go for it and they made it very difficult for England yeah. England probably should have scored more goals than they did but yeah. In the end, if you keep it tight at the back, you can get to the point where you are a penalty kick away from drawing the game. Ironically, the I was thinking if you, in the first half, Kane put the ball in net about ten minutes. It's given offside. With VAR, that goal's given because yeah, because he's he's not offside. He's he's not offside when the free kick's taken. But the first, the player, I believe it might have been Carl Walker, not quite sure, yeah. who cut across the near post, he didn't make, didn't contact, make with contact with the ball. Had he made contact with the ball, offside. Kane's offside. Yeah. But he didn't make contact. Yeah, but, it went straight through to Kane. And it should have been given, but it, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. They got the win in the end. And as, But as <laughs> amazing, isn't it? We spent most of this podcast slagging off VAR, and the one time it's not used, we're like, should he use VAR? Yeah. I'm surprised it's not been used, to be fair. I thought the Nations League, he would be. Kind of mandatory. I know, obviously, for maybe smaller nations, it's harder to maybe afford it or whatever. But I think it should be used. But yeah, I mean, it's a controversial bit of kit, so perhaps that's why they're keeping out. Let's work out the kinks, which yeah, maybe would have been the right thing to do before you put it into the professional game. But there you go. Yeah, that's, a, that's another debate we've had many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in so Carl Walker getting sent off. I think that's him done for England. To be honest, do you think? Yeah, I think England... I mean, personally, I don't think he should be starting for England at right-back anyway. 
I think there's better right backs in there. I think Trent Alexander Arnold, even uh, you know Kieran Tierney, uh, um, at Atletico now is performing better than him. Trippier. Oh yeah, not Tierney. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know how I mix those two up. Right. Um, yeah, Trippier. Yes. Um, not Tierney plays for Scotland. Yeah. Um, yeah, Trippier. Um, I think he's outperforming him at club level right now, and um, yeah, I you know I think those two should be fighting for the England right back spot. Yeah, it's. I mean, you have to say the first yellow card was a tad harsh. It's a bit. It was harsh, but the second one's just stupid. The second one was a definite yeah, yellow. It's a definite yellow, and he knows he's on a yellow card, so I don't know why yeah. he's diving in like that. I think maybe an element of frustration, like we say, having to effectively hammer against a brick wall. Yeah, but he's. You've got to be better than that. You've got to be patient. You know, I, I don't think. You know, you look at other international sides, would like Spain and Germany have that kind of frustration and mm. diving in like that? I, I don't think they would. No. I think they're a lot more patient and. Yeah. It was, it was just silly. And obviously, then there was some. Maybe a bit of confusion over then Southgate's choice of substitutions. Um, brought off Phil Foden first. Yeah. Arguably our most creative midfielder out of that three. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one. And then brought off Sancho. One of the most exciting young wingers arguably in world football. Arguably one of England's best players. And then brought off Kane, who again is arguably the best out-and-out finisher... In the world. In the world, in his position. And it worries me to an extent. I'm not saying Southgate out, because I don't think that this World Cup and the success he's had with the England team, I don't think it's a fluke. Yeah. I think we've got a, got a, a good generation of players come through with a manager who's using some good tactics, but not world-beating tactics. It did worry me about how blunt England's attacking force looked, considering how dangerous they are for their club teams. Yeah, um, I think you're quite right. There are a lot of question marks right now about Southgate, and maybe he isn't the right man. I I think he's a decent manager at international level. I don't think he's like the most inspiring or like a tactical genius, but he's a solid manager. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I think he just needs to work with the players a bit more and settle on a really consistent system because mm. I think that's why we did well at the World Cup yeah. a while ago now so they had a very clear system of this is how we're going to play and this is the formation we're doing and this is who's playing and I think they need to get back to that yeah and uh, and of course for the Denmark game it's going to be made more difficult by the fact that Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood have left the England camp after breaking COVID-19 uh, protocol yeah after um, allegedly inviting um, some women back to their uh, hotel room yeah, you know, I don't you know, I don't know the specifics, but yeah. uh, that's what's being said, which is very weird. You know, sort of Phil Foden, you know, I think has a girlfriend and a kids, but you know, that's <laughs> that's that's uh, um, not for us to judge. Yeah, it's two of England's brightest young players. Yeah, both have looked at home in the Premier League. Don't look phased by just silly, silly mistake. Yeah, you you hope it's just like a silly sort of, you know failure of a judgment like I said they are young players yeah you know they're still learning at this level maybe it's gone to the head a little bit you know you don't know but um obviously they shouldn't have done it and I'm sure they'll come out and apologize yeah but I mean they wouldn't be the first England players to have controversy no no um but that does leave us maybe a little shorter for certainly in phones position creative players on yeah in the midfield I'm Jack Grealish can play there, but I think I think he might have to for uh, yeah for this game. Um, Greenwood, brilliant player, looks 
really he good young prospect. United, yeah. We can kind of get away with the fact that we don't probably don't need him because he plays yeah. in those wide areas. We've got yeah, plenty we've got of Sancho, options. Sancho will play there probably. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the Denmark game. I'm interested to see if Calvin Phillips will make an appearance. Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, I think with the two players leaving the squad, it's going to make it easier for everyone to get in. Yeah. And um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't make an appearance. I think if you're called into that squad, you should probably play. I mean, unless, you know, obviously, if the game's going against us, you know, we're 2-0 down, we probably don't have that luxury. But uh, yeah, I think he's in there because he's good enough to play for England. Yeah, and um, I hope he gets a chance. I mean, he's cer- certainly right been now. one of the standout players in the Championship last season, and looking forward to see how he plays in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Obviously, Leeds have made some strong signings: um, Rodrigo from Valencia, uh, Robin Koch from Freiburg, German international, I believe. So, yeah, some. I mean, we signings. we didn't even mention them when we were talking about the no. the, the relegation favourites. So I, I think we agreed that they've got a good squad and. Yeah. I think Phillips would be a, a big part of that. Yeah, uh, but interesting to see how we get on with the. If he does play against Denmark, I believe it's tomorrow. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, how how do you think that game's going to finish? What's your prediction for the result? Um, I mean, Denmark have got some good players. You know, Christian Eriksen will play, but um, I think England should be looking to win that game. Yeah. And I think they should look to win maybe 2 or 3 nil. be my kind of prediction. Maybe 3-0 England. Yeah, 3. Oh, I'm tempted to say 2 because like you lose Christian Eriksen, they've obviously got Casper uh, Schmeichel in goal. Um, yeah. There's some other players, who, Premier League Paulson players. Paulson from Leipzig there as Paulson well. from Leipzig can be dangerous. They've got um, Hoiberg from Spurs. Vestergaard plays for Southampton. They've got some good players who who've played a, re- like a top yeah, standard, standard of football. Yeah. So I don't think we can completely count them out. But I think if you look for, I think, I think quality, yeah, you're looking at quality, and I think yeah. after you know nearly throwing it away against Iceland and maybe the stuff that's gone on with Greenwood and Foden I think the only players that are there will look to have a kind of response to that yeah. and really raise their levels I think that's why maybe we'll get a free now yeah um, I mean interesting to find out tomorrow and I'm sure um, we'll let you know on our Twitter account um, at armchair managers with a the final E is a three I believe you set it up so I'll, I'll trust you to know <laughs> <laughs> should probably have had that open in front of me Round off the show, we're going to bring back to the Premier League. We're going to put in some predictions for the more interesting games. Yeah, so the, the three biggest games this weekend we'll uh, go through and sort of give our predictions and sort of see yeah. who we think is going to get the results. Um, Premier League starts, as I said, uh, Saturday 12th September. Kicking off at half 12, Fulham versus Arsenal. Yeah, a bit of a London derby, obviously, yeah. yeah. Newly promoted team going up against a traditional sort of big team in Arsenal, and um, I, I think Arsenal will get the win still. I know yeah. we didn't put them in our top six, but I think they are still good enough to beat a team like Fulham, yeah. who we did put to go down, or at least I put to go down. Yeah, I, I think Fulham will be relegation threatened, but I think yeah. this time they managed to hold on to the players, most of the players that they had in the Premier League last time round. Um, they've made some. Other signings, some new signings, might maybe fit the system a little bit better, which I think maybe just going to make the difference this year for them. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I do like Fulham. I like the way they play, and um, we've got a lot of players that I personally like, like Joe Bryan. I think he's an interesting left back, entertaining to watch. But um, I think with this game, Arsenal's quality should see him through. Um, I reckon it could be 
2-1 to Arsenal. You're going for 2-1? Yeah, I reckon maybe Aubameyang, you know, will finish off the chances. I think we can... I I, I have to agree with an Arsenal win, but I think it'll be 2-0. Yeah. I, while Arsenal's defence can be shaky, it can also be... Pr- Solid. They've got some new signings, which is going to be interesting. And I think they're young, talented players. So I think they might get a shout-out against Fulham, who I don't think... I think they might be a little bit, you know, they've got to adjust to the Premier League. And yeah. With no fans in the stadium, there won't be that kind of home atmosphere you'd normally get yeah. on the first day of the season. Yeah. Um, and then the day is round off another big fixture. Um, champions of the Premier League, Liverpool against... Championship champions Leeds, another yeah, also new... kind of northern derby. I kind of guess it's not not exactly a derby, but you know, it's relatively close to each other, and I think Leeds will be right up for it. They want to get off to a good start, as will Liverpool. Um, obviously they want to defend their sort of crown as much as they can. Yeah, and um, I think they will do today, but I think it will be a again. I think this will be closer than maybe you'd expect. I reckon maybe just. Again, I might go two one Liverpool. Two one, two one again. I think Leeds might get the opener early on, but I think Liverpool. If Liverpool have worked on those defensive cracks that showed during lockdown, that, yeah. then I think we'll see a shutout again. I I could see. I think I'd have to go three 0 I think yeah. Liverpool. Could I mean, do I could that. see that as well. I just I think it'll be a tricky one. But yeah. I think Liverpool's quality will will get them over the line. Um, you'd expect so. It's newly promoted team. Yeah. Um, but I think there's going to be a, what's going to help is there's been a lot of hype around Leeds in the prim- getting back to the Premier League. Um, yeah. So I think. Also, but like yeah. like I said, with no fans in the stadium, they maybe won't be feeling that hype as much mm. as they won't feel you know the weight of expectations. I think. Yeah. Especially with someone like Bielsa in charge, maybe he'll have a a big tactical plan to take down Liverpool. You don't know. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I think again it will be a tough game. Yeah, and then Sunday the. Bigger game on Sunday. Also, we've got two o'clock kickoff of West Brom Leicester. But arguably, the bigger game is Tottenham versus Everton at half four. Yeah, um, I think two teams we put to sort of be battling outside the top four. Um, again, two tight teams, I think. Mm. But um, I don't really know why. But I've got a feeling for a, a good Tottenham win. Yeah, I reckon three nil to Tottenham. Three nil. Yeah, I don't really know why, but um, I've just got a feeling, you know, they're really going to turn up and put Everton to the sword. Yeah, I think this is a case where you've got two world-class managers. Both have had interesting seasons, obviously yep. in the most interesting season of, in maybe not in terms of football terms. But yeah, but, but off the pitch it's been very intriguing for both sides I think but especially with Tottenham yeah um, I I see this being a draw yeah I mean that I'm probably makes more sense one. but uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I've got a feeling Tottenham are going to gonna do well I just I feel like Tottenham and some Mourinho Mourinho sides I just, sometimes it just they just don't I don't feel like they quite battle I think it's some, sometimes you watch a Mourinho team and you think they're brilliant and sometimes you just think they're not playing to win, they're playing to not lose. Yeah, I, yeah I get that. But um, I don't know, I just, I think, I know I didn't put them in the top four, but I think Tottenham are going to surprise people this year. 
yeah, they they're gonna. I think they could have a strong season, but depends. Can they keep their key players fit? Can they will if they stick with the manager? Does the system still work? Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I think there was a three really good games to kind of open the season with, and they'll be really good watches. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, it's going to be an interesting weekend of football, and we will be there, preferably afterwards. Yeah. To, <laughs> Round up the week. Round up the return of the Premier League. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's been the Armchair Manders po- podcast. Catch you next week. <laughs>